Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. My name is Ryan Becker, and I am joined by two great guests, Pastor Henry Johnson and Hugo Silva. Why don't you guys, let's start us off just by having you guys introduce yourselves. Right. My name is Hugo Silva, uh, just recent graduate from UNC Charlotte, and uh, mentioned already that I'm trying to get a job. But yeah, that's more than enough. Employers, <laughs> listen out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm Pastor Henry Johnson. I'm the Young Adult and Campus Ministries Director here at the Carolina Conference. Awesome. So thank you guys for coming on. I know this this topic is going to be an interesting one. And so before we jump in, just for clarity, for our sake and for the sake of our listeners, our audience, I just want to be very, very clear about the perspective we're taking in this conversation. Uh, it's really important that we do that. We are not going to be talking about we're, – we're, today we're talking about LGBTQ plus people. And depending on who you are and what circle you run in, now that's extended to LGBTQIA+. Right? So there's it, the even the acronym itself is growing. What we are not talking about today is, is it right or wrong? We're not talking about – you know what? What's their place in the church? Where you know how involved are they allowed to be? We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about something completely different that actually I think gets ignored in in the entire conversation in that greater conversation, which is this: How do I best love LGBTQ plus people in my life? How do I love a brother or a sister who's dealing with that? How do I how do I love a friend who's dealing with that? And when I say dealing with that, just so I can also be clear on this. It, a lot of a lot of people who identify that way don't um, deal with identifying that way. A lot of them deal with the relationship impact that identifying that way has on their lives, right? So uh, when I've had friends that come out to me, one of the first things I said to them is not, I'm sorry you identify that way, but I'm sorry for the struggle that you now have because you identify that way, right? I'm sorry for the possible rejection you might face. I'm sorry for the awkwardness in your friendships and, and the lack of trust you might have in rooms with other people. Uh, I, you know, I, and, and so I want to dive into that. What does the interpersonal relationship look like? And, and, and how do we navigate this as uh, w- with those people in our lives? Because it's absolutely statistically true that at least one of your friends is likely LGBTQ plus. It's just kind of reality now, and there's nothing that just is what it is. So let's let's talk about that first, and 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 kind of what are your opinions on that, and and about loving the people in our lives. Well, I'd start off by saying that I almost think it's kind of sad the fact that we have to have this conversation because mm, yeah. really they sh- it should really be right. exactly. Yeah. It's not like you should say, all right, you know, there's no manual that says how to deal with you know there isn't really and there shouldn't be. But they should be treated no differently than your friends. I mean, and if you do lack confidence or just comfort level with somebody that might identify, then I think that that's something that you personally have to deal with as opposed to really like, how am I going to have to learn to develop a new relationship with somebody? That's a good point, I think. Like, as far as recognizing if it's something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe that's something in you mm-hmm. that you need to address. Um, no matter what your perspective on whether it's right or wrong, 
it it's still fact in front of you, right? If there's a person there that identifies that way, that's still fact in front of you, and you've got to reconcile with that somehow and how you treat them. And the reason that I think it's important for us to have it, even regardless of I agree with you, right? That, it, that we shouldn't. Even, yeah, yeah. I agree with you that we shouldn't have to have it, but I think we do too because you've got higher suicide rates, higher depression rates, and you've got a whole group of people like you might have an LGBTQ plus friend who doesn't even say it, like they're not out yet. And so you could be talking about this topic, you could be talking about these people, not realizing that one of them is in the room with you. And so I think the way that we love them both to their face and behind their back really matters. And so, Henry, I guess, what are your thoughts as well to start us off here? Well, first of all, I really agree with what Hugo said. It said that we have to even have this debate. But having the debate now, I guess the first question I would ask of someone that's asking that question is, what has changed? Hmm. I, I mean, it's a key question you have to ask, but I we're say, the, the, the premise is you're talking about a friend that now you know is LGBTQ+, et cetera, right? Well, you obviously were a friend with them before that exactly. information came out. So my question would be, what has changed by this revelation? I mean, what's changed? That, that's that's the first question you have to ask, because I believe depending on your answer to that, it's going to tell you where the rub might be. Well, and that's right. Yeah. So I think I so I think the bigger thing that you're kind of getting at here then is identity, like what you might identify some way, but is that the totality of your identity? Yeah. Like, I've never thought of myself through my heterosexuality, right? The fact yeah. that I'm straight. I've never thought, like, that's the way that I primarily identify. Yeah, and I think that's something we're struggling with as a society as a whole. And I don't, and I don't want to downplay the struggles of LGBTQ plus in having to come out. I mean, speaking from a heterosexual perspective... I've never been put in a situation, nor have I – will I probably be in a situation where so much social capital, so much religious capital, so much th – th there's so much risk in feeling the ability to be transparent Absolutely. as to how I'm operating. So I don't want to minimize that at all by what I'm about to say. So I just want to be clear about that. I, I have several friends who have come out, and there's always that – awkward conversation where they, they, they get the courage to, to come tell you and whatever not. And and I, I would love to sit here and say that I've taken every single one of those positively and I would be lying. Uh, I have had issues either within myself or ways I think I'm supposed to act or whatever where, you know, and, and I wish if they happened to be listening to this, I would just publicly again apologize that I did not make your life journey easier in the way as a friend I've responded at times. Mm. Uh, you know, there's too many times where we hear something seemingly world-shaking or, or perspective-altering, and it doesn't just have to be about sexuality. It can be about a lot of things. And our first instinct is to either solve something or B, figure out how does this impact me, and 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 then we, ne we renege on the promise of friendship, which is to be invested in the person sharing and to honor the time and the risk and the concern they're they're expressing and to just be present in that moment with them. And I've failed at that. And and so, you know, for what that's worth, I apologize uh, for that. But but I go back to that again. I I remember when I was getting a little better at it, one friend I specifically, you know, they came out and they said, "Well, I'm gay." And maybe this wasn't the best way to handle it, but I'm just sharing the story. I was like, "No, you're not." 
and they at first thought I was taking it like denial. Yeah, like I'm not. Yeah, yeah, like no, 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 you're not. And I said, I said, no, 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 that, that's not what I mean by that. I said, you're. I'll just make up a name. You can just you can just use me, like okay, we'll just say Ryan, right? And I was I've like, no, suspicions. you're still. <laughs> yeah, true story. Oops. No, <sighs> I said you're still Ryan. Right? You're now telling me something that you've realized about your sexuality, but like you were saying, sexuality is not the totality of what makes up a person. And this is one of the the unfortunate battle lines society-wise, one of the big lies I think society has bought, that yes, sexuality is big. Yes, sexuality is important. It's obviously an all-encompassing aspect of some of, of one's life. But we have now made that the litmus test by which it, it really, and society's done this forever. It used to be race. It used to be, I'm black, I'm white, I'm Filipino, I'm African, you know, gone and whatever. I mean, because Africa isn't just a country, it's a lot of them. But it, we, it used to be race. Now we've moved on to sexual orientation. I'm a heterosexual. Now I'm a homosexual or I'm, you know, transgendered. Or what, where now we are defining the totality of who we are by only one aspect of our personalities, of the totality of who we are as a human. And I think that belittles the value of humans. Now, that's just me personally. You can you well, can disagree I, or not. But... I think the reason I think, though, that it, it has... So we have a weakness here. Like, Can we just be honest about the fact that we don't have someone who identifies that way sitting at this table right yeah, now? Absolutely. And that's yeah. something that we just need to be transparent the about. Missing like, we are missing that perspective. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to... The most I can do is talk about my perspective, but I'm going to attempt to, based on conversations I've had with people, hopefully give some perspective on this, too. But I think one of the reasons that it's become such an important thing to identify that way is the solidarity and camaraderie with the movement as a whole, right? You're identifying with with a struggle and with a people uh, who are all fighting for relevancy, for equality and legitimacy in society. That's what, I mean, that, that's, I mean, even up until recently, gay marriage wasn't even allowed and, or, or legal. And in, even in some countries, it's still not the case. And you get stoned and killed for, for, for identifying this way. And so there's this huge camaraderie in knowing I'm not alone, because for a lot of them, identifying that way or, or, or coming to terms with the, the fact that they identify that way was, was the struggle of their entire childhood. Mm. And, and finally finding someone else that identifies that same way, I, suddenly I'm not, there's community, which is something we've spoken on this podcast about a lot, is the importance of being a part of a community. And so I do think that – like I agree with you that it's not the totality of our identity, but at the same time, it's – it is important for people to identify some way. The problem is that with at least heterosexuality and being straight, it's never been the, the source of community. The source of community has been the fact that being straight was just normal, so you just were. Yeah. And now that's become much more a part of the conversational sphere. That was that that I, I think that would be kind of the the and, the and nuance to it, I guess. And that's an important nuance. Yeah. And, and it does speak to, as I said, in areas where as a heterosexual male, I failed. It's, it's, it's validating that need to belong. Absolutely. Because, again, that's the great risk they're taking by coming out is they're telling you something where nine out of ten times it's severing community. Yeah. They've now been able to get in touch right with a whole other community of people dealing with the same issue. But to do that, they have to sacrifice the the quasi existing one that they have. And that's unfortunate that that's become a choice they have to make. Yeah. Hugo, uh, going back to kind of the previous episode, or the 
two episodes. Well, yeah, back one of the, one of the ones we talked, we talked about, about. Yeah, is like they are searching for a sense of community, and if that's part of how they're doing, I mean, ultimately they're just looking to be legitimized. The least that I could do is acknowledge that. If and that doesn't necessarily mean for the people that are listening, what can I do? Regardless of what your view is on it, you don't. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out uh, to pride festivals. You know that's not necessarily what you have to do. But in treating them by treating them the same way that you would everybody else, you're already doing them a favor. It's well, like, I think, I think too. In many ways, we've actually so there's there's some parts of of that culture of LGBTQ plus culture that the church can't identify with. Not necessarily uh, a lifestyle determined by that identity, right? Like for, like going to the, the natural end. But I mean, literally, like the things that take place in a gay pride uh, parade or things like that, like the church has trouble identifying with. Well, I think in some ways we've perpetuated those because we've not allowed those those individuals to find community with us. And so someone tries to identify or, or tries to to keep community with the Christians that they've grown up with or they've known, and they're rejected from that. Well, the place that they know they'll be accepted is this uh, is is this culture, um, and and so they shift, and they end up in kind of the the most extreme displays. Right when someone thinks of of this, they often think of the really extreme displays uh, of promiscuity and of things that that take place, which are prevalent in both cultures, yeah. straight yeah. and gay. All right, so they're they're prevalent in both cultures, and I and I think the way that we accept people, the way that we love them, um, does determine where 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 they where they end up falling in, in in on the cultural spectrum, as well. But I would agree, like if you tell me you're gay, Hugo, then well, you never stopped being Hugo, you never stopped exactly. being Henry. I don't stop being Ryan, and honestly, <laughs> like it's not my business. I don't care. Like I care about you. But as far as uh, as far as your attraction to someone else, that's that 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 only impacts my life as much as I let it. Does that make like that? If I make that a big deal for me, then I think there's something in me that needs to change, not something in you necessarily. I would even look at the example that Christ set for us because it's almost it almost seems like a contradiction. You look at the very first Psalm in the Bible. Says, "Blessed is the man who walks not with the unbeliever, with the scorner." But then, you know, you turn a couple to. I want to say it's like Matthew ten, where he's sitting with the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, but with the publicans and the prostitutes. I mean, the people that society would exactly, reject. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, people that society would even condemn because they know, and it's not like publicans would have like a festival or a parade that would have them to be sought or to, that would seek for their approval in society. They were rejects essentially much more than what we would. I mean, there really isn't uh, an example that we could pull from society today contemporarily that would say that, I mean, maybe if we go back a hundred years ago, then we could find similarities. But I think that we have as a society have progressed enough so that we're f- very understanding. And even if we're not accepting, there still has to be a certain level of tolerance, regardless of how uh, accepting or whether you think it's right or wrong. Wrong. Tolerance is something that should go both ways, because ultimately we as Bible-believing Christians want tolerance ourselves, right? Yeah. I mean, is this not something that has kind of been 
in the news. Religious I mean, freedom is huge. Like exactly. that's a thing. Yeah. But, well, uh, okay. oh no, sorry. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, if we want religious freedom also, I mean, we should also be very tolerant and understanding of the freedoms that other people choose themselves in the decisions that they make this too like if you're if you're someone on the camp that's firmly like that's wrong and they need to change right well i never converted anyone you never changed anyone you never that's the holy spirit and jesus that does that so if it is something that's wrong it's jesus that will be the 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 catalyst for that change not me my job is not to change anyone my job is not to stop making you a sinner my job is not in in any sense of that term my job is not to stop making you do this or do that my job is to love you and to treat you with kindness and respect because you are a valued creation of god someone who he is pursuing someone who he loves to the point of dying for right or sending his son to die for like this is this is huge and so um i, I I think for me, when I, when I think of loving the LGBTQ plus people in my life, it's a matter of just treating them like people yeah. because that's who they are. And I, it, it does sadden me that I, f- that I feel like that needs to be said because it shouldn't need to be said. It shouldn't. And I think this is a discussion that we're having more as a church because unfortunately a lot of other factors independent of LGBTQ plus issues have kind of come Head, you know, come to a head with this because we have a lot of principles that we have lost, are a lot of cultural things that church now operates with that that struggle to know how to deal with something that the gospel never had that struggle with. You know, coming on behalf of the the church, I feel almost that the need to apologize on behalf of the church that no matter where you stand on the issue, that church as a whole in the West has tended to become an environment where it is unsafe to struggle with anything. Period. Yeah. Or, with you know, anything with at all. Questions with, I'm not even talking about like, oh, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. It could just be questions in life. You're wrestling with text or wrestling with questions. And the point is, I, I feel like the church then bears a, a big play in society as far as setting the table to say that the only two options apparently left to someone struggling with being true to themselves is to either live a lie or to leave the church to be authentic for the first time in their life. Hmm. And when I read the Bible, church was always the church as far as the lifestyle, not just one location, but church, the gospel was always some place where you were supposed to be under the, the blood of Christ, free to be transparently you, and then you would be placed in a community of other people that were trying to be transparent, and they would work together through whatever it was, whether to accept it or to reject it or to modify it, or they would come to God with each other and say, what do we do with this, right? But it was expected that you would be you, you would be transparent. And it's sad that on so many issues— it seems in church I have to either just shut up and live a lie and mm-hmm. just meet expectation, or the only place where it's safe for me to wrestle with things is to leave it yeah, and go elsewhere, whether it's into the LGBTQ plus community or whether it's into a, a non-believing community or whether it's into another faith group's community outside of Christianity, uh, right, or just some social club or whatever, to go anywhere but here. And, and that concerns me almost even more than somebody comes out to me. Uh, because in one sense, 
I, I feel spoiled that someone would trust me enough to take that risk and tell me. Because that's not always the case. Like you referenced earlier, there's a lot of people probably that we interact with that have not gone through this yet because of the great stigmas, risks, and and loss that will probably be associated with it. So right. the fact that someone would feel free to do that is actually – you must be doing something right, so don't change it. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't start acting all weird. Personal story, I remember going to the library and I sat across the desk from somebody else. We started – I don't know, making small talk. We became friends. But it's funny because we became friends throughout the entire course of the semester. But he was very flamboyant and he had a lot of telltale indicators that he wasn't hetero. You know, that he wasn't normal, if we're going to use that. I don't want to use that word. Scratch Just that he wasn't straight. Just yeah. that he identified differently. Yeah, absolutely. But he never actually like came out to me and said, oh, by the way, I'm gay. But through some of the jokes that he would say and his interactions with other people, I felt it was fairly safe to assume that. But he never personally told me. And it wasn't until he said a joke and then I mentioned, oh, yeah, blah. And I guess by my comment, it was kind of indicative that I knew that he was. But he looked at me and he said, oh, but I never told you that. With, like, the straightest face. And I was like, oh, that was kind of one of those awkward moments. But his friend that was also gay, that was openly gay, kind of turned to him like, okay, you can stop this <laughs> front. Like, you know, there's no way in hiding this. And exactly, like, I didn't, I felt bad almost because I felt like he was kind of scared to openly admit to me this. But yeah. even after, we still hung out at the library. Well, and that's the thing, like all those th – I've met people who have the telltale indicators that, that straight people would use and they don't actually identify as gay at all. And so – but one of the things I love about your stories, regardless of the indicators, like you, you hung out with them, you treated them normally, like that should be – like that's the benchmark. That's the standard. And I feel like we're not saying anything revolutionary, but at the same time, I feel like it it needs to be said. So um, we are running uh, just a little bit – uh, out of time, or we're running close to out of time. So I, I just kind of want to close this by any final thoughts, words of encouragement, um, anything you want to leave our listeners with, Henry? Uh, the two things that stick out to me is one, again, like Hugo's story just reminds me they're human. We do the exact, it's not an us versus them. I don't like even that terminology. I don't know how to talk about it well because I'm always like, well, they are and we are. First of all, that's got to stop. We're human. We do the same thing. We We kind of dance around stuff trying to see if it's safe to be ourselves with people. Mm -hmm. We do this in every interaction. So, I mean, the stakes might not be as high, but it's the same thing. So I, the fir first thing I say is remember that we're all human. The second thing is, and this maybe sounds duh too, but I'm having to learn in my life, ask what I can do to, to love support someone. you, like, to love you. What do you yeah. need? Because there's something that you know you better than me, I would assume, yeah. right? So I can go, what do you need from me? What would you like from me? Uh, that, I mean, as little as I know, I would think that would be a starting point. It's just, hey, what can I, what do you need? What can we do? Let's have a conversation. Absolutely. My <laughs> final thought would be, how can you still share love with someone? I mean, regardless of who they are, you, ultimately the point of meeting new people is to develop a relationship and a friendship with them. And I don't think that there should really be anything that would say, oh, because this person is this, you can't be their friends. That just sounds so messed up and nasty. Like, I want to make friends regardless of who they are, you know? And Absolutely. I think that should kind of be the mentality that we as Christians take is how can I develop a friendship or a relationship with someone? Well, 
Thank you guys again for coming on talking about this kind of stuff. This is this is a harder topic for traditionally the, the churches had trouble talking about. Um, and and I've really appreciated the openness, the transparency that you guys have shared here. Um, we we have we certainly have not gotten it always right, and I know I haven't. And there's a lot of people that I've apologized to. There's people I still need to apologize to. But ultimately, uh, to our listeners, here's what we want you to know: if you are if someone has come out to you, we want you to remember that they are still human and they are still as valued and loved as they were prior to that knowledge. Nothing should change. Uh, except that you ask, like Henry just suggested, you know, what can I do for you? How can I be the best friend for you that I can be? And to someone who's LGBTQ+, plus, uh, who's either openly or still closed off about it, here's what I want you to know. You are just as loved and valued by Christ as you always have been, right? And you were loved before, you were loved after. You will never stop being loved by Jesus and pursued by him. And we are praying for you. We hope that you can find safe community and uh, that that can embrace you and and love you and 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 accept who you are. So thank you so much for for joining us on this journey, for listening to this conversation. And we just want to let you know if there's anything we said that was even accidentally offensive, if there's any way that we came across as 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 um, hurtful, we apologize. We're yeah. trying to figure this out too. Uh, no one has all the answers, so we are sorry if that happened. But just know we're praying for you. We appreciate you being on this journey with us, and we'll see you next time on Echo. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.